This is Sick and Wrong, America's number one source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, D. Simon. I'm your other host, Lance Wackerly. Happy New Year. Happy New Year there, uh, Wackerly. Are you uh, looking forward to your favorite holiday of the year? <laughs> I hate New Year's Eve. Do you hate New Year's more than you hate Christmas? Oh, wait, you yeah. said you don't hate Christmas. No, I don't hate Christmas. I do hate New okay, Year's Okay, more Eve. than you hate Halloween. That's tough. Probably. Well, well you know what the thing you know, is? San Francisco, the Bay Area is, I think, the only, or one of the only areas where Halloween is such a big deal. So most towns, I'd be fine with Halloween. But, but uh, Halloween area. in the Bay Area is just like New Year's Eve. Like, you have to get, you're totally obligated to go out, and you're obligated to have a good time. And if you don't, everybody's disappointed and gets all bitchy and like, oh, this is boring. It's just like, oh, God, yeah, I don't but the need city that is, The city is teeming with douchebags right now. There's chodes everywhere. Like, I was walking through Union Square to get back home after yeah. work, and just everywhere. I mean, it's it's, it's so crowded right now, it's annoying. I don't yeah, know. well, everybody's gotta come to the big city for New Year's Eve. Jackasses. Yeah. There's even a big ball here. Like, why, why not just stay in, you know, Fremont or whatever? I don't know. I, I just kind of want to go to, like, a diet bar and get wasted with friends, then come home and have sex with my girlfriend, I guess. <laughs> Whiskey dick. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably pass out with my dick a, inside of her. I was going to say, do you have a tongue depressor and some tape ready? <laughs> Usually what I do is I just give her a vibrator and be like, I'm going to bed. That's what you, that counts as having sex with your girlfriend for you? Yeah, that's sex. <laughs> I mean, it's sexual. You get to see a boob or two. <laughs> he's, my, he's my partner in crime, man. That's my ally. Do you have him in a holster? A shoulder I'm like holster? Rambo, and he's my knife. <laughs> so uh, okay. did you have a good Christmas, all in all? Did, did you end up getting your girl a gift? No. You Why didn't? do you keep thinking I'm going to cave on this up Dude. to this point? Now, Christmas is officially over. The holidays are over because this is New Year's Eve. Tomorrow the holidays will be over, and I have not gotten her a gift. I am amazed, and I bow down to you in reverence. But we had, you know, we had a few sick and wrong fans email in saying, "I guarantee he caves and gets her a gift." Didn't guarantee. Cave, dude. Didn't cave. Didn't cave, dude. You're the man. Do you think you'll be able to pull it off next year? The gambit worked. Well, you know, we haven't had sex since <laughs> Christmas Eve, so that's not true. I'm kidding. Uh, it seems to be working. Just get her a vibrator. Uh, well, she, ha- <laughs> I have got her vibrator. The. Uh, yeah, I just, I, you know what, I'll, I'll really have to wait till next year. Because if next year I'm forced into buying, you know, twice, twice as, as many, many or twice as an expensive gift, then the whole plan has failed. Dude, I, bl- I blew a lot of money on my girlfriend. And, and you know, she she bought me, like, uh, decent gifts as well. So yeah. I, I was... Holiday sweater? Yeah, it was a, a really nice holiday sweater. A diesel holiday sweater. It was, okay. like, it was definitely, I'm hip and cool now. Yeah, but no, diesel. no, she she spent, a, you know, an equal amount of money on me. I thought that was fine. But you know what was funny is, so she called me up the other day and was telling me that she just got off the phone with her best friend. And her best friend was just pissed at her boyfriend. Because I guess her boyfriend, they didn't, she didn't want to be like, you know, here's a list of things I want. And here's right. a list of things that, the, that the give Christmas, me a list that you the want. The Christmas gift registry, as it were. They didn't, yeah, they didn't actually uh, give each other you Christmas gift registry. You gotta do that. You gotta do that. Well, you know what? Are we fucking mind readers? How no. are we supposed to know what you want? First of all, 
Okay, first of all, there shouldn't be a registry, and she should just be happy that the with he a was, gift certificate, that, goddamn, or it. that he got her anything with an Afghan or something, yeah. you know, or some socks. But but we all know that's not the case. So if girls are going to get pissed, then you got to tell me what the hell you want because I have no idea. Well, that's the thing. So you know, he went out on a limb. He tried to think of something yeah. meaningful that he could get her that he yeah. thought she'd enjoy. They've he, only been in a relationship for a little while, haven't they? No, <laughs> he hasn't a, figured this a, stuff out yet. A couple years. <laughs> I think well, that right there is, this, is the. Uh, uh, an early relationship in his life has he been and is he a young he's kind of a younger guy I think he's right? a younger guy yeah. and I don't really rookie know him mistake. all that well but yeah he's a younger guy it's a rookie mistake but I kind of you know I empathize with him and I, I feel bad you know it's like there's no reason he should be held accountable for not getting his girl a worthwhile Christmas gift. I mean, she needs to communicate that to him anyway. Right. Regardless. But she's really angry about it. I mean, she could just take the stuff back, right? I guess what she did is she took a, She made him go with her and take all the gifts back and then pointed to things that she wanted and bought these things so he could learn. <laughs> so he had to go with and, her? Yeah. Even afterwards? And acknowledge his errors. Oh, my God. Dude, would you have just been like, fuck did, you? Did she rub her fa- his face in the bad gift? <laughs> Bad dog. Bad dog. It's I don't know. You know, my I I sympathize with a guy and I feel bad that can yeah. happen. I sympathize with any guy out there that has to deal with this high maintenance girl that's gonna freak out on you. But if, if that was me at that point, I would have been like, Oh yeah, you don't like that? How about two black eyes? <laughs> but you know what though, I was thinking about this. How often in your life have you just gotten a shitty gift from like your girlfriend or from somebody and you're just kinda like, Yeah, you know, it's cool, whatever. I mean, I would just be like, All right, I guess I'm just gonna throw it away. I don't really care. But I guess gifts aren't that significant to me. So what's the worst gift you've ever gotten? Well, you know, I was trying once once she was telling me the story, I was like thinking, God, you know, I've had, you know, a litany of shitty gifts. But the one that stands out of my mind Yeah, well like, before you go get into it, that's that's a major point about shitty gifts though. Most shitty gifts are so shitty that you immediately forget it. But but a, a gift has to be really shitty for you to remember, for you to remember how shitty, how shitty it That's is. like a special occasion. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, as I said, you know, gifts don't really have some overbearing significance for me. But this one in particular, I was 21 years old, and it was Hanukkah, and I, did, I wanted the VCR. You know, and back then we didn't have DVD players. Did you ask? Did you tell Santa that that's what you wanted? I told Hanukkah Harry. <laughs> okay. I was like, Hanukkah Harry, I want a VCR. And he's like, well, where can I get one wholesale? I can get a wholesale. <laughs> I was just like, go get it wholesale, Harry. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, my, my parents knew that I wanted a VCR. And so uh, the, the, that's what they went out and got me. And so when Hanukkah came, it was like the, we waited till the last night because you always get the biggest gift on the eighth night. Yeah. And there's a, you know, a box wrapped with a bow tie. And I'm like, you know, or with a with a bow on a it, bow. And, and I was a holiday bow, a, a holiday bow. bow, Hanukkah bow, it's blue. Yeah. And I wrap it up eagerly, and I was like, hey, you know, a VCR. I look inside the box. It's the same VCR that the family has had for the past four years. My dad bought himself a new VCR, <laughs> gave me the old one. It wasn't a Betamax, was it? No, it was VHS. Top loader? And it actually ended up working for a good six years after yeah. that because I never bought another those one. Those old, those first batches of v- yeah, VCRs they made lasted a long time. Yeah, but my, it was an endless source of merriment to my sister. She <laughs> was just like, I know that VCR. God, I probably only used it maybe 700 times. <laughs> and my dad, he was totally oblivious to this being such a shitty gift. I was like, well, thanks, Dad. He's like, oh, I knew you would enjoy it. Yes. <laughs> I looked at him. I was like... You you bought yourself or whatever. Well, I'm just, it sounds I'm like it was here. really the gift that kept on giving for your sister. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my the sister, gift of laughter. She still brings it up every now and then. <laughs> yeah, see, it's still giving for her. Yeah, I don't know. 
I mean, seriously. It was like the look on my face. He might as well have just wrapped up his turd in the box. Yeah. Well, what about you? What was your worst gift? Um, my worst gift is kind of the Christmas gift analog to the death by a thousand cuts. How so? Every year since I think I was uh, one years old, zero years old, I have this great aunt who, like, I've probably talked to maybe 10 minutes my whole life uh, on my dad's side who always sends me, like, the hall that year's Hallmark limited edition Christmas tree ornament. Now, does she still do this? I just got one, you know, five days ago. Does she know you're over 30? She, I haven't talked to her since I'm 12 years old. <laughs> and she doesn't know where I live, so she'll send it to my parents' place. Is she senile? She's got to be 95 <laughs> or something. So she's, she knows where the stamps are. Well, and you're... she'll send to my parents. My parents will then forward this mail to me. I don't know why we have, don't eliminate the middleman. but uh, And so every year, you know, one of these things, you just be like, yeah, an ornament. What the hell am I going to do with this? But like... It comes every year. For a while, I would just throw it in a junk box, and now I just throw it immediately in the trash because I don't <laughs> just need this stuff. It. That was my second question: is what do you do with it? And you know, it's all like I have to, and I anticipate it every year. I'm like, it's just in the back of my mind. It's not con- in the front of my brain where I like consciously think about it, but in the back of my mind, it's like, when's this thing going to show up in the mail again? Yet another year to remind me, you know, how just lame Christmas is. Well, if it's any solace there, Wackerly, I don't think you're probably maybe getting five more of those things. She's 95. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Maybe five more. Yeah. I mean, so. God rest her. Well, she's not dead yet, but, you know, I, I don't want to, like, jinx her long lifespan, but yeah, it would be nice to stop you know, getting But those. it's a great thing to do to your brother's children. Yeah, it, it does give me ideas like yeah, that. Yeah, you know, but, but you know what? On top of that, if I had been saving these things, and I probably eBayed them, I'm sure they'd be worth five grand. But I haven't. I tr- I've trashed them. So, you know, and then that annoys me also. <laughs> yeah, and you know, Wankerly, I, I, I just think you're just really ungrateful. Yeah, well, you know, I, mean, I don't need this junk it, in my life. Well, you know, you can get a Christmas ornament on Christmas, and, you know, whatever shitty gift you got on Christmas, the one thing you should thank, be thankful for is that at least you didn't get eaten by a tiger. Yeah. Did you like, hear about that? Yeah, yeah, I know. I, and I, I imagine, you know, opening up a giant box, like the doorbell rings and you go out, and but there's no mailman there, and there's just one of those <laughs> big wooden crates. <laughs> no, a big wooden crate, and then you gra- grab your crowbar and open it up, yeah, and a tiger comes the out tiger and comes your out face off. And gets you. That's not very plausible. But no, you know, it's, it's interesting because uh, I know everyone now has, has definitely heard about the recent tiger attack at the SF at the Zoo, Zoo on yeah. Christmas, yeah. where actually there was a fatality that was involved. But you know, it's, it's funny. It's like people can say, oh, I had such a shitty Christmas this year. Well, you might have had a shitty Christmas, but not that shitty. Yeah. You didn't get eaten by a tiger. Yeah. How many people do you think in the world have been eaten by tigers? On Christmas? On Christmas. <laughs> what are the odds? I think zero. You, I I'm sure they've been eaten by tigers, what were but the, not what, on what do you think the betting odds at Vegas would have been for that? <laughs> I, that a tiger was going to escape from the zoo and eat a patron? It wasn't even on the big board. No, I doubt it. I doubt it. But so I, I bet you next year it will be, though. <laughs> dude, it was funny because I just remember waking up Christmas Eve, slightly hungover, turn on my computer, look at, look up at the, uh, the start reading the news. And I'm like, holy shit, someone was eaten by a tiger in San Francisco. In San Francisco at the zoo. on Christmas Day, and so I'm sure everyone by now is familiar with the story. There are three hoodlums, if you ask me, but three kids. Uh, well, not even kids. One's 17. I think one was 19 and one was 23. Yeah. So these three dudes so went to... So one minor, two 
majors. Yeah, well, they, they, they went to the SF Zoo, and uh, I guess the verdict isn't out whether or not they were taunting the animal, but something something occurred to make Come this on, animal dude. agitated. Let's, let's break this down a little bit, and I know you haven't even gotten into all the details, but first detail, a 17-year-old, a 19-year-old, and a 23-year-old are at the zoo on Christmas Day. After closing time. Well, it right was like around 20 minutes time. after closing time, yeah. Would you think they were there just to like observe the animals and just, I mean, no, they're to obviously there about, up to but, no yeah. good. <laughs> to learn about the different species. Yeah. They'd be no. drinking nog if they were normal. Yeah, I know. And, and it's interesting too that I guess the, uh, the one kid that died, uh, Carlos Souza, his father didn't even know where he was. Like he was supposed to be at home, but he like yeah. snuck off with these two I kids. I heard his father was waiting. He was supposed to be at his dad's place to, you know, spend Christmas evening there. And that's what his dad did was like looking for him. And he ended up hooking up with his two hoodlum friends and they go to the zoo to go fuck with the tiger. Well, it turns <laughs> out no one exactly knows it's a what they tradition. did. <laughs> Every year we go and we fuck with the tiger. <laughs> well, I don't. The, so there's a Sousa guy who's Hispanic. Hispanic. Obviously, the other two, Christmas is a big deal. And then these other two guys are like miscellaneous East, East Indian. They're brothers. I think they're Indian or Arabic or right. something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't even want to. So they're to... not. It's not. It's just another day to them. Yeah, and they weren't celebrating Christmas, but so they all went over to the zoo to go fuck with the tiger. And apparently, the tiger managed to jump over the 12-and-a-half-foot wall, which I guess is— And a moat. There's a moat, and then there's a 12-foot wall. Yeah, but the, th- the fact of the matter is when you read about the 30-foot moat and then the 12-and-a-half-foot wall, I guess the moat would have been effective had there been water in the moat. <laughs> there's no water in it. So the, the tiger jumped down into the moat. And what probably happened is they were probably throwing shit at it. Yeah, I'm sure. Or like sticking their legs you, how over. How else do you fuck with the tiger? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Throw dude, shit at it. Every time I've ever been to the zoo, I don't think I've ever seen the thing move. No, they're always back in that cavern. You can maybe see its tail sticking out. And you can out. see its tail and it's just like, you know what, dude? I'm confined for the rest of my life. I'm just going to sleep. Yeah. So but, if you get it out there like in front of the fence... I'd, I'd have to say I'd probably throw something at it too. <laughs> I mean, apparently they—I mean, they—they they definitely agitated the tiger. It jumped out. It immediately started attacking one of the brothers who well, survived. Wait, wait, I think he skipped over something. And this is not clear. The facts haven't come out. But I've heard. I'm discussing that, the facts here, Wackerly. Well, let's just do it in chronological okay. order, even though this isn't really a fact. But it's there's conjecture that there was a bloody footprint or or a, a shoe print, a shoe print on the over fence. the fence. So some people think that they had their legs hanging over, and they think that that's why the tiger was actually able to make the 12-and-a-half-foot leap, because it could, like, grab the dude's leg and then get some Climbed more. Climbed up yeah. the dude and then had leverage. And right, climbed the leverage the to ledge. make the extra little jump. Well, they also found concrete residue in its back paws. So, and the thing, dude, I mean, a tiger outstretched like that is, like, eight feet long. Yeah. And it can jump up to, like, six feet. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's... Definitely within, re, you know, reality. I don't get any can... of, of our bestiality fans <laughs> calling in and correcting us about the measurements of the tiger. The measurements of the tiger. Well, apparently it uh, it started attacking this one kid, and the other kid, according to according to the the police records here, I guess tried to scare the tiger or stop the tiger from attacking yeah. his friend. Yeah, it's the tiger hard then to, housed it, him. How do you scare a tiger? I don't know if he Rawr! kicked it or something, but the, the tiger housed him. It's like a 350-pound, like, angry animal. It housed him. I think just... it's bigger than – I think I read that they're, like, 600 pounds. No, no. It's 350 pounds. Are you sure? Yeah. All right. I got it right here. All right. Right okay, fine. But, but the way it killed the kid is just one swipe of its claws slit his, slit his throat. Yeah. And so the one kid died. The other two are running away. Tiger went after them, housed both of them. And so – 
the one kid, I guess, escaped, and he, his brother was lying there bleeding to death, and the tiger's sitting right next to him when the cops arrived. And I guess the kid started screaming, like, help me, help me, yeah. and the tiger started attacking him again. Well, you know, just batting him around like a ball of yarn. <laughs> Dude, it was, like, <laughs> a viciously mauling. A tiger-sized ball of yarn. And so then the... the uh, I guess the police distracted it. The tigers start rushing them, and then they uh, just unleashed a fuselage of bullets. Yeah. I mean, with their forty caliber handguns. I guess right. there was like four cops just blew the thing away. You know the cops love that shit, dude. Well, I mean, dude, the chance of that ever happening in a cop's career is nil. <laughs> but you know what's interesting about it is I remember reading stories this week because there's been like all these updates on the Chronicle website about the, about what happened here because right. I mean so this is now we're in the conjecture mode now we're in the conjecture mode but anyway they're saying like people they, they got opinions of, of you know people that live here in the Bay Area well we saying, do know a couple facts though one fact that's interesting so the cops come they pump the tiger full of lead and all of a sudden these kids, these two East Indian kids, well, 23 well, and the 19, two that survived. they wouldn't give their names to the cops. <laughs> and I guess, they wouldn't give the names of the dead guy. I guess they were being very uncooperative. Like, and they didn't have any identification yeah, on them. Shady. And they went to the hospital. They refused to talk to police. I guess they've spoken to him now, privately, but the details of what they not said yet, have not the been co- The cops yet. won't say it. Well, San Francisco police and the press are always very reluctant to say anything that will like incite uh you Public know like racial bias yeah. against a group of people so th- i think that's like a lot of the reason you're not really hear- hearing many facts and not anymore. to mention i think the zoo is hesitant to like try to blame these kids that were attacked by the tiger yeah when right now i mean the zoo pretty much has egg on its face i mean the zoo yeah, is but maybe they should maybe they should be i mean well i think there's going because to be ev- more it, this is going to be one of those things that's going to go to trial and you're going to get a jury. It's going to be impossible to get a jury who hasn't heard anything about it. Yeah. So you might as well try and influence public opinion right now. Well, I think as the you know the suits are filed and when they start suing the city, that's when we're going to get hear some more details about this in the next couple months. But what I find interesting about it is the Chronicle is interviewing people that lived around here and asking them questions. And people are like... The police never should have shot that animal. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a travesty that they killed this beautiful animal. And it's just like, okay, put yourself in this situation. You have a 350-pound pissed-off tiger, right. blood dripping from its mouth after tasting human flesh, yeah, rushing, all, out you, you rushing at you. What, are you going to get your tranquilizer dart? <laughs> no, you're going to blow it away dirty hairy style. <laughs> That's what my girlfriend said. Don't they have a tranquilizer gun? I'm like, no, the cops Dude, don't drive around with a tranquilizer gun. Even zoo directors were saying, like, if we had a tranquilizer, it wouldn't have stopped it. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it would have taken at least like seven to ten minutes to stop it. Or seven to ten darts. Yeah, and but the, I mean, the thing is, like, was pissed off. I mean, it had to be. It had to. Sh- you knew that. You knew those people were going to come out of the woodwork. The PETA people. The people. These are also the same people who want the whole zoo shut down, anyways, because they're like it's cruel. Yeah. I, but I, here's my. This is kind of a thought experiment, but not for us. If we had those people, I would like to ask them. How many, you know, because there were other people in the zoo at the time. The tiger could have attacked like 15 people. it was after closing people. time. Yeah, it could have. No, it wasn't after closing time. It was before closing. It was after they were letting people in the oh, gate, okay, okay, but they right. hadn't cleared the zoo out. So let's say the tiger killed like three people. Would those people say the same thing about not having to shoot the tiger? You mean after it killed three people? Yeah, like some kids, some like young kids. Well, that, what that, about that, 10 people, 15 people? I mean, the tiger could have gone on a rampage. 
if there would if it would have been like 15 minutes earlier, not as many people would have left yet. Well, exactly. Like it, I guess it attacked how, the one kid right by is, the cafe. Yeah. So. How many people did the tiger have to attack where you could justify before it's justified? It? I think just these people who are against zoos would automatically condemn any tiger, any action that ninety uh, the people. Police would take. <laughs> <laughs> So, so it's interesting now with all these follow-up articles on the Chronicle. Um, there's all these details coming out about how, like, the police didn't react for 13 minutes, and I guess the zoo was in utter chaos. I heard the zoo because the zoo people, when they find out that the tiger's gone, they go into like a code, code red, one where it's they totally one. lock down the gates and don't let anybody in. And apparently, they wouldn't let the cops in when they showed up because they're like, nobody gets in because there's an animal on the loose. Well, I guess people didn't really know what was going on. I guess the initial report of a Christmas Day tiger attack was downplayed by zoo employees as the ravings of a mentally unstable person so police were just kind of like yeah you know i think it's just some crazy homeless guy in there yeah, saying well, a tiger's it out. is san francisco but then the first 911 call came in at 507 p.m on uh, christmas day and i guess the call came from a cafe worker who uh related what he heard from an agitated his name is amrit paul dollywall who's the 19 year old brother who right. was attacked he stood screaming outside the closed and locked Terrace Cafe because I guess all these zoo employees just locked themselves in their cafes. And I booths. would, dude. Oh, of course. And this <laughs> I'd have a pot of scalding coffee in one hand and like, I don't know. Well, this kid was severely lacerated. I guess there's blood like running down the back of his head and the back of his face and he's screaming. And they're just like, uh, you know, um, uh, I guess there's this kid here who's hurt, but uh, we don't really know what's going on. Well, all the zoo employees, at least like at the cafes, are all baked out of their mind. Well, that, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> are you, zoo are employees, you kidding me? Who's more competent, zoo employees or employees at like an AMC movie theater? I was going to say. Or Taco Bell. I was just going to say who's more baked, <laughs> the employees at the zoo or the movie theater employees. You used to work at a movie theater, right? Oh, hell yeah. How, baked, was always were, how baked were you on a 24-7. The whole time I was there, I was stoned in order to deal with it. And dude, I've been to the zoo. Seriously, they have retarded yeah. people that work at zoos. Right. Well, and I mean, you, you, were, you were baked at the movie theater because, how, you know... Can you watch Weekend at Bernie's 24 times? <laughs> but think about looking at that damn tiger, like, you know, 180 days in a row. You gotta, yeah, you gotta I mean, be you're just, you're just, you know, you're stoned just in order to deal with it. I mean, because you probably hate your life. Well, I guess, like, so what happens? The kid called, then the, the police arrived, they're shut down the gate. And uh, meanwhile, they got another report here that they said the tiger's out of sight, don't see the animal anymore. A minute later, all of a sudden, they get another call. The police are like, have the tiger blue on blue, which, mean, which means that if one officer, blue, fires his gun, he may hit another officer who's also blue because I guess there's so many cops there. They weren't but, using a tactical uh, fanning out procedure. I'm trying to sound like, <laughs> like you're, you're supposed to like fan out in a, in a formation where you don't, you're never in a circle you're never in shooting. A circle yeah, right. But I mean, you know, they're panicking because they see this tiger attacking right. the victim. And they're the SF cops, which is like the fucking Keystone cops. They never know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> they say have tiger on foot attacking victim. And apparently, I guess the kid, the 23 year old brother. Wait, can you who, say that again? Have tiger on foot attacking victim. <laughs> <laughs> That's much more authentic. Sounds like Halo. It's a podcast. I yeah. mean, I'm trying to make it, you know, <laughs> it's, sound audio, it's an audio experience. So I guess the one 23-year-old brother, like, was screaming, help me. The tiger started attacking him again, and they were unable to shoot the creature because it was so close to the victim. So they had to sit there and watch it for about a minute while it was just housing this kid. And eventually they distracted it by shining their police car lights on it. It started coming towards them, Police, and they blew so it they away. So they were driving their car in the I zoo? I think they were driving their car, like, through the zoo trying to find the animal. <laughs> 
I mean, dude, would you want to walk through there? I didn't know you could get a car in there. I mean, I thought the pathways were, weren't that wide, I guess. Well, so what I find interesting is so basically what happens, the one kid, the 17-year-old, died from his throat being slit open. The other two kids were severely injured. They're in the hospital. I guess they've been released now, still are not speaking to the press, right, so we dude. don't know the details yet. But what I find interesting is Carlos Sousa Sr., the father of the kid who died, has been talking about how much of a hero his son is. Yeah. Have you been reading this? He's like, for me... My son's a hero because he risked his life to save another life. That's the most I can say right now. It's a completely fabricated conjecture. Like, okay, that might have happened, but in his mind, you know, and now in the press's mind, that is completely what happened, even though there's no evidence that he was trying to save the other guy. Dude, you know that kid was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah, I think And the tiger just (laughs) tracked him down and housed him. My theory is that they were both over the fence, fucking with the tiger, and, you know, it grabbed the one guy, let go of him, grabbed the other guy who died, and, you know, then, then the tiger And then went after the other down. kid. Which, you know what, though? In my opinion, I think might have been justified. Dude, that tiger was going to live this uneventful life. He's been confined, imprisoned. It's a she. This is, yeah. Okay, so she, <laughs> had this one, she had this one opportunity, and she took advantage of it. Dude, yeah. I mean... She's probably the envy of every zoo animal in there. Yeah. Well, Although it would have been kind of... She's like the Rosa Parks. <laughs> exactly. I mean, taking a stand against kids fucking with her. She's their Malcolm X of tigers. Although I was zoo thinking animals. it would have been kind of cool had it been like... I mean, a, a tiger is awesome because a tiger's an exotic beast. It's fear, a, a, a you know, fearful creature, uh-huh. a fierce creature. But could you imagine if it was like a hippo? Well, hippos are also very vicious. I guess vicious, but I mean, if a hippo just got out and just housed everybody, they wouldn't have been able to take the hippo down with just like a couple handguns. Well, you need an elephant gun. Yeah, it would have been great <laughs> had it been a hippo. But you it know what? Just, though? It would have been like the Terminator. It would have just kept coming and coming. Yeah, and I guess it, you know they have those big mouths and they'll just crush your head. Dude, it would have been awesome. But at the same maybe time, maybe next year. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be next year's Christmas miracle. <laughs> Hopefully. So I was doing my research and I was trying to find in the past how many maulings there's been there have been at a at different zoos. And not I, just tiger, all animals. Not just tiger, just and this captive animal mauling. Yeah. So n- not just tigers, not just zoos, because there's a lot of people who have personal confined exotic animals. Yeah, exactly. Like some people have their own which which is amazing to me that someone would even have a tiger. But yeah. Are we going to lump pit bulls into this or or is that a separate category? It's not an exotic animal. Okay. But I mean it's not really a captive animal either. It's a domesticated animal. Yeah. Well, that's the problem is people don't keep them in cages and they get out and chew So, up I'm children. just going to read through a couple of my favorite ones here. So, in February 24th this year, a 140-pound jaguar named Jorge fatally <laughs> mauled a zookeeper at the Denver Zoo before being fatally shot. They always got to shoot him once they mauled the zookeeper. Now, why did they give the panther a Hispanic name? Because <laughs> it's from South America. Okay. You know, it's got to be like Jorge or Gustavo <laughs> or Pepe. <Okay. laughs> but anyway, uh, what happened? Zookeeper, Ashley Pfaff, uh, violated the rules by opening the door to the animal's cage while the animal is still in the cage. That's the first rule. There's a reason it's in behind bars. Well, you, you don't just what? open the door. I read something about how uh, zookeepers form this like bond. They think they have this bond with a right. wild animal where Until it's their like face the animal's gets not going to like attack me. I guess she walks in there thinking she's cool to go feed it. Things like, I'm going to house you. Yeah. Pounce on you. Uh, interestingly enough, last year, December 22nd, 2006, Tatiana, the very same tiger that uh, got out of her cage and just recently killed those kids, 
she reached through her cage <clears throat> iron bars, the iron bars of the cage, and mauled a female zookeeper during a public feeding at the San Francisco Zoo. Why I've, couldn't I have been there? Oh, dude, could you imagine? I actually have been to the big cat feeding at the SF Zoo, and I've seen Tatiana and the other tigers eat. Right. Like, they just, what they do is they take, like, a, you know, a full rabbit and just throw it through the... Yeah. Through the cages. But yeah. So I've never seen the, the animal come to the bars. They're usually just sort of like lounging They usually in the back, throw it. And then once it gets thrown in the cage, then the thing gets up and starts eating it. Well, what happened here is uh, I guess the zookeeper was standing there and didn't realize how close she was to the bars, holding the rabbit in her hand. Was her back to the bars? She was, her and back she was, was to the bars to the and group. she was talking to the crowd saying this is what tigers <laughs> eat. And the tiger just grabbed her arm. And just started, like, ripping the flesh off of her arm. I guess you could see, like, just bone. Yeah. I mean, and she's I like, screaming. I say that I wish I was there, but at the same time, I'm sure my eardrums would still be pierced from the collective child, you know, high-pitched screams. screams. Oh, dude, it would have been great. That would have been great. I guess, uh, apparently, she's suing the city as well. Yeah. So I think, like, uh, these kids that died and the kids that were injured are going to end up uh, suing the city. Yeah. But this woman, due to her own negligence... She had her arm almost torn off. Yeah, what is she? How even, can she sue the city? This is her job. How can she sue the city? I'm sure she'll know. make some money, though. My other favorite one here happened in March 3rd, 2005, a couple years ago. Two chimpanzees at the Animal Ranch Wildlife Sanctuary near Bakersfield, California, attacked a man and his wife, maiming the man before being shot to death. You might have heard of this one. It's uh, this man and a woman adopted this rescued chimpanzee. <laughs> and they couldn't this, handle it, so they and, sent it off to the farm. No, no. What happened is this this uh, this uh, facility here, Wildlife Sanctuary in Bakersfield, basically uh, they rescued chimpanzees oh, that were abused okay. and yeah. they lived there. I do and remember so this. This like hippie California new age couple adopted this one chimpanzee, and it was its birthday, and they went over there, bought a little cupcake. <laughs> And I guess, like, someone left the door open or something, and these two rogue chimpanzees housed that couple. Yeah. I mean, they, they bit the dude's nuts off. Did you hear about this? Do you remember? <laughs> yeah, I remember this. Like, bit his nuts right off. <laughs> and also his face, right? Well, apparently, I guess they scratched and ripped skin off his face, and then it was, like, covered in chimpanzees' feces Yeah, well, from you the cage. They do like to play with their so shits. I, I don't know if he had to have, like, a facial transplant or something. Why would but... you adopt a chimpanzee? They're actually quite disgusting. I mean, have you seen their asses? It's just, just gross, red, swollen thing. You're and... thinking of baboons. No, the chimpanzees also. Have and... the swollen ass? I don't yeah. usually stare at monkey ass. <laughs> And they're they're throwing their feces and semen all over the place. It's not a cute animal. I I don't Maybe know. Maybe when it's a baby well, and you have a diaper on it. I mean, I think well, people, people sort of it's like the surrogate child. Thing. I think people also underestimate the violent behavior that right. a chimpanzee's capable of. Yeah. I mean, these things could rip you apart. They're huge. Yeah, and they eat other monkeys. This yeah, whole, they this do. This whole, like, peaceful uh, jungle man type thing, you know, what they, whatever they call them in Costa Rica. They're not vegetarian, you no. know. You they know, will eat their Drum young. circle type of things. They'll they, eat yeah. their rivals. And they'll eat other uh, monkeys, uh, you know, other primates' babies I've seen. I wonder if they ate the one chimpanzee's cupcake. Yeah. After they ate the dude's nuts. That was nuts. what provoked it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. like, they're not going to leave the cupcake behind. I remember this one on uh, March 18th, 2004. A 340-pound gorilla named Jabari 
broke out of his enclosure at the Wilds of Africa exhibit at the Dallas Zoo and went on a 40-minute rampage before they could contain the beast. I guess he, like, went through a cafe, smashed all these chairs, beat up a bunch of people, grabbed a toddler, like a three-year-old kid, and just ran around with it with the kid hanging from his mouth. Peeled him like a banana? (laughs) He was just holding him in his mouth, just running around by the head. Okay. And eventually uh, the police officers came out there and just blew the thing away. The toddler? Yeah, no, the, the gorilla. <laughs> oh, the gorilla. <laughs> but hands down, the best animal mauling, I think, in recent history, even better than the tiger that just happened at the SF Zoo on Christmas. October 3rd, 2003, illusionist Roy Horn is severely mauled by a tiger during a Siegfried uh, and Roy <laughs> performance. Do you remember how great that was? The only reason that one's better is because you know it was pent up pent rage up rage. for years and years. <laughs> on that. And that was an albino, right? Yeah, it was a Siberian tiger, I yeah, think. Right. Yeah, right. Well, well, maybe white not albino, tigers. but white. Didn't have the red eyes, yeah. but it was all white. And yeah, I mean, I guess what happened, like, he was sitting there saying, like, sit, sit. And that tiger's like, you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. And he just grabbed him right by the here, neck. And just, yeah. <laughs> just totally housed Didn't, him. They also, I seem to remember they also said that some guy in the front row made a sudden movement that startled it or something, which is kind of funny that you could startle one of those performance animals well it though. makes me it's, think it, that people who go to those shows now are going to be trying to provoke that type of activity yeah I'm, <laughs> <laughs> just sort of jumping around would you i mean <laughs> i'm sure the ushers would usher your ass right i now, guess but. i had i had heard that uh some people that were there thought it was part of the performance like part of the illusion yeah. so they're all clapping <laughs> while he's being mauled and dragged around the stage blood is spurting all over the place like a gallagher show <laughs> i saw some interview afterwards by some like total stoner dude from the midwest and yeah. he's like dude dude it was so cool I mean, it was uh, it was horrific, but it was cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, imagine if that was you being interviewed. Anytime past 6 p.m. in Vegas, you're hammered. <laughs> I would have been wasted, and I would have been stunned, astonished. And, you know, amused, because you're, you're really drunk. So all in all, it was one of the best Christmases I think I've ever had. Is that... That this year's Christmas miracle is. The I tiger think this thing? year's Christmas miracle is a tiger escaping from his pen at a zoo and mauling three people. Do we need to remind the audience what last year's Christmas miracle was? Well, wait, remind me what was last year's Christmas? <laughs> last miracle? year's Christmas miracle was your brother. We all went out to dinner and he ate an entire pot brownie, and we uh, and he didn't get fucked up. And we went oh, out to yeah, bars I remember that. for like, uh, you know, hours and hours, and he didn't seem to be fucked up the whole night. It was a Christmas miracle. So I think, uh, yeah, that was a Christmas miracle. And yeah. I think the this Christmas miracle this year is the tiger. We'll, we'll see what it is next year. Hopefully it's a hippo on a rampage. Well, Wacker, this is episode 103 here of Sick and Wrong. I want to do a quick recap of uh, last week's show, the Christmas show, 102. Uh, you did a story about a Santa that got knocked out. Listener did a story about a crucified Santa. And I did a story about a... Nasty Santa letters being sent to kids. Believe it or not, we tied. I, I don't think that's the first. This Everybody is the first tied? here. Yeah. I mean, me, you, and the listener all came in with 48 votes apiece. Wow. Yeah, it was the first time I think that's this has Christmas, ever happened. That's the second Christmas miracle. It's another Christmas miracle. I think that's the Hanukkah miracle because it's, you know, has to do with the counting. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of amazed. And so, yeah, if the listener's wondering, you're not going to get a shirt because it goes to the house. It's yeah. like playing blackjack. You don't, you don't get a shirt for a tie. <laughs> Well, people, this is episode 103 here of Sick and Wrong. You know the way the show works. Wacker and I comb the internet for the most disturbing news items of the week, present them here on the show. Audience votes, winner gets a case of beer. If it's a listener that wins, he gets a Sick and Wrong care package. I believe you started last week, so let me kick off uh, episode uh, 103 here. 
show concerns a crank call probably the best crank call of all time you know i i back in the day before caller id i was uh, quite the successful prank caller i've heard the tape and the tape, you remember the tape the tape has been destroyed it no longer exists i don't know whatever happened to the tape it's really embarrassing <laughs> i thought i was, was young great. i thought it was great dude i was 14 <laughs> But we ended up getting some kind of rig from Radio Shack that you could record on your, like, rotary dial phones. I mean, right. this is way back in, like, 84 89. No, this is, like, 89, 90. But, uh, yeah, I had, like, some great bits. Like, I, I remember calling all the people that had, like, bitching Camaros and Trans Ams and telling them that I was a Vietnam War veteran with no legs, so I couldn't come over to their house, but just bring it to my house. I sent them all to the uh, vice principal at our high school. who's was such an asshole. That was the least cruel one that I remember hearing. I don't, you don't have to go into the more cruel ones. I don't, I don't really, yeah, the babysitter calls. Those were pretty bad. But then, like, the jerky boys came out and kind of, like, shattered my aspiring career there. And, uh, I mean, and they were really good. But this, dude, it's, I mean, this person's unknown, I think would be the best prank caller of all time. The Hall of Fame for prank calls is this one. All right. Well, let's hear what it's all about. Next to the uh, recent McDonald's one. Do you, remember, do you hear about that one? Uh, I actually saw the dateline about that one. <laughs> so and someone it, prank called McDonald's and that like, one's molested just too, a girl. That one's too confusing it's to too me. It doesn't make sense too. to me. What? There's so many people who didn't do what a normal person would do in that situation. It's like all the stars aligned. Yeah, there's. It's just. I mean, it, it was perfect. They perfectly aligned for something like that to happen. Yeah, nobody even knows what we're talking about. So let's move on. So uh, this happened in Boston. Here, staff members at a group home made multiple mistakes when they followed a prank caller's direction to give dozens of electrical shocks to two emotionally disturbed teenagers. <laughs> Apparently, what happened? Uh, th this occurred over here at the uh, Canton-based Judge Rottenberg Education Center. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a Dickens Dickens orphanage. Judge Rottenberg. Judge Rotenberg Education Center. Yeah, no, it's, it almost sounds Orwellian or something. <laughs> We're going to uh, erase your mind and you will be learning again. I, you know, I don't know. So uh, apparently staffers here had ample reason to doubt the orders to administer the shocks, but did nothing to stop it. The six staff members and video surveillance worker on duty that night have all been fired. Uh, initial Did you say video surveillance? Yeah, there's a video surveillance worker. This sounds like YouTube material. <laughs> Actually, you know, I mean, it does sound like YouTube material. I mean, but I guarantee they never let the cool videos out. No, they immediately get squashed. Initial investigations show that a former student at the Judge Rottenberg Education Center allegedly called in orders for electric shock treatments uh, this past August, and officials at the school self-reported the prank call and unnecessary treatments the day after they occurred. So apparently what they did is after the kid made the call and ordered the shock treatments, posing as a supervisor, the teens ages 16 and 19 were awakened in the middle of the night and given the shock treatments at times while their legs and arms were bound. One teen received 77 shocks and the other received 29. One boy was treated for two first degree burns from the shocks. Wow. It's amazing. So this place, the Rotenberg Education Center, you sounds said it's to a me group it's, home. No, it's. I think it's one of those alternative high schools for like delinqu serious delinquent chill, like kids. But it's it's a overnight. It's like a reform school. Like I think it's like a reformatory. There, right? Yeah. So like these kids who you know are too bad to go to a public school. Yeah. 
they're you know, fucking up too deep to go kids. to public school. Yeah, I know. They're just too negative of an influence to all the other kids. Plus, they they're get stabbing them to, uh, for their lunch money at recess. And you can imagine, too. I imagine all the uh, kids at public school are like, oh, he's going to get sent to Rotenberg. Yeah. I mean, all, all the kids who got beat up by these kids before they got sent to Rotenberg are just cheering this, yeah, by the way. they're like, oh, great. Because <laughs> you know these are two bullies. Yeah. The 16 and the 19-year-old. It's just two assholes. Like, development, developmentally disturbed individuals. Yet huge. Yet huge. <laughs> physically, and just probably pounded the hell out of me and over, you back in uh, mentally junior un- high. Mentally underdeveloped, physically overdeveloped. Yeah, exactly. But it, what's interesting about it, though... Is uh, the caller posed to the supervisor and said he was ordering punishments because the teens had misbehaved earlier in the evening. But none of the staffers had witnessed any problems, and other boys said the two teens had done nothing wrong. So one boy suggested that the call was a, was a hoax. So I wonder, how do you make a prank call like this? You're just like, hi, this is Director Thomas. I'm ordering uh, electric shock <laughs> therapy for uh, two kids. <laughs> It's just like, I mean, how ill-trained are these staffers to not know that this was a joke? Well, first of all, I, my, one of you, uh, I like how you do the fake adult voice. <laughs> because that's, do they know who made the call yet? Or they well, haven't figured it out? The report says the caller was a former resident of the center with intimate knowledge of the staff, residents, and layout of the, uh, the facility. And he knew these kids personally. He had to have probably had his ass beat by these two kids. Right. No motive was given, and the caller's identity wasn't disclosed. But so. that's one of the greatest things about prank calls is the faking the adult authoritative voice because you know he probably did and these staffers who were probably too stoned to really care another baked profession well they're probably getting weed from the inmates yeah or four both it's traffic is going both ways i guess five of the six staffers had worked a double or triple shift that that day and most had been on the job less than three months the staffers were described as concerned and reluctant about the orders but failed to verify them with central office or check treatment plans to make sure the teens could receive that level of shock therapy. <laughs> I think that's really interesting, first of all, that they even do shock therapy. And that there's a treatment plan that says 70 shocks per week, max. <laughs> well, I guess this center is believed to be the only school in the nation that uses a two-second skin shock punishment to change destructive behavior. Um, apparently, it's no stranger to controversy. Uh, people have been trying to fight this forever, and uh, apparently, it's outlawed. The practice is uh, outmoded, really, in all the other states. Which Except state for, is this? This is uh, Massachusetts. Yeah. It has survived two attempts by the state to close it amid allegations that its unorthodox methods amount to abuse. I mean, it sounds to me that's like clockwork orange style aversion therapy. Yeah. Like, I wonder if they have these kids, like, their eyes open, they're showing them, like, gay porn (laughs) while shocking them. (laughs) But this isn't shock treatment. This is, like, corporal punishment. Well, shock, no, treat- shock, shock treatment is where they shock you, and basically your brain gets so charged up and fried that it's sort of it's like rebooting. It's like a lobotomy a, almost. It's like rebooting a computer. Like yeah. you go into a into like a minute coma and then come right out of it again. But this is like purely for pain. Like they don't want you to fall asleep. Uh, they want you to feel the pain and know that you did something wrong. Well, I think it's kind of, it's still aversion therapy. It's right. like, you know, but sh- shock treatment, something different. Shock treatment isn't a shock, tr- shock treatment is trying to change your behavior. What right. they're doing is they're punishing for it's, shock. They're shock punishing tr- you. So you change your behavior. Exactly. Yeah. But it's a punishment though. It's not treatment. Uh, the center defended use of the intensive treatment methods saying they're used in a minority of cases as part of the overall therapy for very deeply emotionally disturbed young adults. <laughs> So how do you feel there, about that, Wackerly? Is there a chair that you get strapped into for this? Yeah, apparently you're bound. You're like bound into a chair by your arms. Your arms and your legs are bound. 
And they're administering the shocks throughout your body. That sucks. The school treats people with a wide variety of behavior problems, including autistic-like students who have aggressive, self-injurious, or destructive behaviors, and high-functioning students with psychiatric or emotional problems. Autistic? Dude, so this is autistic a, kids are horrid. But it's not like, so I take back my comment that they're bullies, though. It's just like, you know, half a retard. Yeah, but they're like the kind of retard that was in like the Green Mile. It's like huge and can just crush you. <laughs> and like healing people. Like miracles. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, Sling Blade. <laughs> All right, Carl. So I'm, I'm We're the, talking about Carl. He's I'm, stabbing people with lawnmower blades. Yeah, like you're talking about something. Right, but but I right. think these kids are emotionally disturbed. I, you know, if you ask me, I don't want to really condemn this type of treatment because these kids used to kick my ass back in high school. Yeah, I agree with that. So, uh, you know, in that, in that respect, I want to say say yeah you know give them a couple shocks here and there but to get first degree burns yeah that's a little too much shocking i, I think so too i think it's uh yeah a little well, over and what about the guy who made the prank call do you have any opinions about him yeah dude he's like the prank called genius Pre-Madonna. <laughs> he's a prank called genius dude he's like merlin the wizard of prank calls <laughs> you know, seriously you say that earlier he's the- that guy's great so on the sick and wrong star scale the fact that this prank he was man he managed to pull off this prank call where he got two rivals or enemies of his shocked right. by the staff, I'm going to have to give this a 4.5. Yeah, and historically in the past, the most anybody could shoot for with a prank call was to hurt somebody's feelings, and, yeah. and pretty bad. Um, maybe you could provoke somebody to suicidal thoughts or actions, but this is you know direct... You're reaching through this phone with your prank call and causing direct physical harm to Physical somebody. harm to these two individuals. That's uh, that's pretty something. I'm going to give it four and a half stars. Four and a half. Oh, I think that's fair. What, what do you have here for episode 103, Wackerly? something a little different uh, than the normal fare, but it just struck me as something that I had to talk about. Uh, so it's a different story, yet it is from Central Florida. <laughs> okay, so, so it's still coming out of Florida. It's still coming out of Florida, even though it's a little bit of a different story. I don't even know how this is going to score between you and I or with the listeners. I, I just don't know how this is going to play out, so I'm just going to get into it. Apparently, two brothers who have served time, each of them have served time, for sexually harming children are now using their <clears throat> mother's Central Florida home to sell children's toys. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, wait. These are two sex offenders that are selling like Toys R Us kids toys? Yeah, I was going to say. At their mother's home? They've made a little, in a Central Florida you know, neighborhood, they've made a little Toys and Molestation R Us or something, I guess. <laughs> For the last several months. How is that legal? I thought there was like restraining orders. Well, there's technicalities that are involved that that will become apparent. For the last several months, the merchandise has been set outside a home on Green Hill Street in Cocoa, which I guess is a neighborhood or city in Central Florida, where Donald and Stephen Muncie live. These are two brothers. Uh, I guess they're age 36 and 32. And they actually live with their mom. So I think it's their mom's house that they're living in the basement or so the attic or what have you. Both the brothers are sex offenders. Yes. And they live with their mother. Uh, Donald was convicted nearly four years ago of molesting a girl under the age of 12 by himself. But both Donald and Stephen together 
both were, I guess both were convicted jointly and served time together. I don't think they put them in the same cell. <laughs> but for lewd and lascivious act on a girl under the age of 16, it's not clear how young she was, but she could have been 16, I guess, the maximum age. Uh, and they both live with their mom in this neighborhood in Florida. Uh, if you had two children, two sons, and both of them were convicted sex offenders, would you let them live with you? Um, no, and especially not if they're adults because you don't even get, you know, like extra welfare. Would you, you know, give for... them a Christmas ornament every year? Uh, I'd probably shove it right up their ass. <laughs> Dude, I seriously would be like, all right, you know what? Disowned. I'd have them snipped. <laughs> You'd have them castrated? Yeah. Well, you know, maybe not castrated, but what do you do to dogs? You don't necessarily cut their balls off, but you just cut the parts out. Neutered? <laughs> You'd have them neutered? Yeah. I'd be like, you can live here, but you're going to get neutered and you're going to vacuum every day. Dust. <laughs> Take the garbage out. Um, you know, as you can expect, the neighbors are not happy. No, I, I could imagine the neighbors I'm, would be I'm a assuming, upset. I'm assuming that uh, Florida has the type of Megan's Law website that you have in California where you can go online and type in your zip code and find out about all the child molesters that live in your neighborhood, which the Tenderloin has tons of, by the way. Oh, yeah, no, the Tenderloin is uh, definitely one, a hot spot for the sex offenders. Yeah, in my neighborhood is also. I, I think it's because ha- of the number of residential hotels. I don't have any children, so I don't really care. But... um. <laughs> Uh, so the neighbors are all pissed. They think that this yards it's really a yard sale. It's not like a store. All this crap's in the yard. I, I is, saw I saw a picture of this, actually, where they, they had like a little Mickey Mouse yeah, bed and yeah. like well, a I little think it's, Disney... I think, I think it's Minnie Mouse, actually. Minnie Mouse, whatever it is. <laughs> they like the girls, not the oh, boys. Oh, okay. They're, they're, okay, so the, and it's kind they're of a not crib, in Nambla. They're some not child, Some child sort of tables, uh, desk sets, a little, you know, children always have like a fake... Uh, vacuum cleaner or, you know, stuff that you you have to use and you hate, but if you make it for a kid and you make it small, they love it. Yeah, the like, kids love it. Oh, here's a, here's a child size you know, stove where you can pretend like you're making food, which is something that most people hate to do. So what was the reaction of the uh, neighborhood? Uh, they're pissed off. They've called the cops, but the cops have come by and the mom said... There's no crime. No, the mom said it's perfectly legal for me, the mom saying that she's selling the stuff, uh, to sell this stuff. My children and the cops have said... It's fine if your children, if your kid, they're not children, her, yeah, her no, kids, they're her sons, her progeny, her child molesting <laughs> progeny stay in the house. I don't know if they made it clear if they like are not allowed to like press their naked bodies <laughs> up to the glass. Just put, expose their genitals to the window. Yeah. And I wonder how well this yard sale does. I mean, don't people in general just know that these are child molesters that live there? And, and I don't want this... my kids to go anywhere near it. I, and I don't, I don't want to purchase, uh, you know, a child bed that's covered in semen. <laughs> <laughs> semen and blood. And here's another thing I don't understand. The, the na- This kind of speaks to the whole state of the country and how people maybe rely on the government too much. You know, all the neighbors say they're pissed. Why doesn't every neighbor have a gigantic sign posted in their yard that says, you know, molesters live here with a giant Don't arrow? Don't buy anything from them. Yeah, I mean, that's I'm what I would I'm surprised, seriously, I'm surprised they haven't been lynched. Yeah, well, or they, like everything it sounds, burned it or sounds like they stay inside the house. And, you know, lynching somebody is illegal. And yeah, burning yeah, the house down I mean, is illegal. But what but I'm protesting, saying is yeah. putting the big sign in your yard, I think is, you're well within your rights. What I find interesting about this, so they they didn't say how successful the garage sale was, like how much money that they made. No, they <laughs> do they have like an injunction to stop no, this? They don't have their uh, SEC financial statement. <laughs> 
on the web yet. I think they're a little behind schedule. What, what I find interesting about this story is that the fact that there are two sex offenders that are related, they're brothers. Yeah. Do you think they trade techniques? Oh, I bet you they boof each other. You know are they're you, just greasy and weird. Like the two dudes on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I think I believe they're called the McPoyle. The, the McPoyle yeah. brothers. I don't think anybody's think ever they watched They take showers <laughs> together. I don't think anybody's ever watched that show besides me and you, so that's references. People probably you're lost. missing out if you haven't watched that show. Seriously, <laughs> right. YouTube it. Yeah, but I assume that they have both have sort of greasy hair, walk around in bathrobes, uh, shower together. Well, I just huff wonder, pledge. I just wonder if they sit there and they're like, Well, you know, I find Smurfs to be really effective in luring the kids into the pacer. <laughs> and I wonder if the other guy's like, no, you know, I tend to use snorks. Yeah. You know, or I My just, Little Ponies. <laughs> my Little Ponies. Right. Like, I wonder if they trade techniques. Yeah, yeah I'm, is that sure, what they do? I'm sure they do collaborate. On, you know. I mean, they were both arrested. <laughs> it's a team for, effort. They were both arrested for one, you know, they jointly participated in one activity. So they're kind of like a uh, dynamic deviant duo. I don't think they even collaborate. I think they're a team. <laughs> they're a team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they work together. All in all, I wouldn't be buying a Minnie Mouse bed from those two deviants. No. Yeah. So on the sick and wrong star scale, I guess, uh, you know, they did molest kids in the past. They aren't molesting kids now. But the fact that they're trying to sell, uh, you know, toys to children and lure them into their cave. <laughs> Maybe innocently the mom is just trying to make some money. I don't know where she got all this ch- children's equipment. You know, her children are quite old. Uh, but it sounds more to me like, yeah, it's bait. I'm giving it three stars. Three and a half. Well, Wankerly, yeah, we got a pretty good article here from the listener this week. A guy named Meanie Head sent this in. Meanie Head sends in like five articles a day. (laughs) But this, he usually gets really good articles. Actually, he usually kind of gets the articles that I've been looking at. So he's our competition. So uh, Meanie Head sent in this article, Teens Charged in Mortal Kombat Death. This happened in Johnstown, Colorado. Two teens have been charged with the killing of the seven-year-old sister of one of them by beating her with imitations of moves from the Mortal Kombat video game. Hmm. You remember that game? Yeah, that's with an the old, fatalities. That's an old-ass game. Why are these kids playing this now? That's what I understand. Like, are they just too poor to get like a <laughs> Xbox 360? I mean, I used to go to that arcade at the mall and shovel tons of quarters into Do Mortal they even Kombat. make Mortal Kombat for like the PS3 or the Xbox 360? They must because how, how would these guys know about it? Yeah, I, I don't know. So uh, Lamar Roberts here, 17 years old, and uh, Heather Trujillo, uh, 16 years old, were charged as adults on one count each of felony child abuse causing death. According to a police affidavit, the teens were babysitting Trujillo's half-sister, Zoe, uh, while the girl's mother is at work, Zoe lost consciousness and stopped breathing after the teens hit, kicked, and body slammed her, imitating moves used in the video game. Seven years old. The girl was seven years old. How old are these other people? 17 and 16. <laughs> so what I find interesting about it, whose moves were they imitating? Like Sub-Zero? Didn't Sub-Zero have like the ice move? Yeah, some of those moves are magical and they're hard to imitate. Or like, you know, where you rip the dude's spine out of his neck. That's hard to imitate. I wonder if they tried to do that one. <laughs> what, what about like the the scorpion dude that would throw like the harpoon and be like, "Get over here!" You remember that? Oh yeah, how could I forget? So I'm, I wonder if they tried that. If they actually had weapons, or if they were just using like a using... grappling hook. Yeah, I, you know, I don't even. I'm it... thinking more uh, Liu Kang, who had the leg sweep, or Johnny and up- Cage, and the uppercuts. Yeah, I, that's kind of what I see. Elbow to the face, that sort of thing. Well, apparently they kicked the crap out of this kid, and they tried to revive her by putting her under one running water and attempting CPR. <laughs> 
before they called their mother and then 911. They waterboarded her. It's <laughs> like, bring her back. The girl ended up dying at a hospital. An autopsy showed she had a broken wrist, more than 20 bruises, swelling of the brain, and bleeding in her neck muscles and under her spine. Yeah. Guaranteed that was from a fatality. <laughs> they were probably trying to do that, rip your vertebrae out. Well, what kind of moves was she doing? I mean, like the Sonya moves? That was a shitty character. <laughs> was, a sh- was that a shitty uh, yeah. Mortal Kombat character? Yeah, I believe so. Well, I think she was probably trying to roll up in a ball and was crying while she was getting <laughs> her ass kicked. That's not much of a Mortal Kombat fight. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I think that was probably the uh, the the Sonya character probably did that move though. Yeah, I think that was a move that she had. Uh, witnesses told police that Robert said Zoe um, had told them to stop wrestling. Zoe is the little girl, and she was like, "Stop wrestling." And when the uh, witness asked why they didn't stop, uh, Roberts here, the defendant, responded, "I don't know. I was drunk." <laughs> Which I don't know if that's really a uh, you know a, a worthwhile defense. Yeah, that, like a worthy I don't, defense. Don't here. blame the alcohol on that. But I wonder if that like uh, you know empowered his Mortal Kombat moves, <laughs> the drunken master type stuff. If convicted, the teens could be sentenced to forty-eight years in prison. So on the sick and wrong star scale, I guess they didn't successfully rip her spinal column out of her body. No. Uh, but at the same time, they did definitely kick her ass. I, could, I picture like these flying kicks, like Liu Kang style, and yeah. uh, the chopping up in the air, maybe a Sub Zero like leg freeze. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to give this four stars. <laughs> Didn't we do a thought experiment about how many, you know, eight year olds you could take? <laughs> oh, at once? Yeah, at once. Yeah, what was the result of that? I don't know. But I guess this guy proved that he can take one, <laughs> <laughs> he could take one girl. Yeah. <laughs> Four stars. Badass. You're giving it four? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see what the listening audience has to say about that. Go vote at uh, sickandwrongpodcast.com. Hi, this is Bob Madigan, and you're living, ah, listen, living, listening to Synchronon. Sick and wrong. Sick and wrong. Well, people's nearing the end of the show, and, uh, as we were talking about a couple weeks ago, we now have a new Sick and Wrong hotline, which I almost want to rename the Sick and Wrong Drunk Dial line. So, people, you can give us a call at 206-666-3846, and you can leave your own rambling, drunken, incoherent, hate-filled message for us, which apparently is quite popular amongst our listeners. So, we received a number of calls. Most of them you can't even. They're so... they're. Completely incoherent, just ramblings from people. So we took the three best ones that uh, that I think we can actually listen to and make out what they're trying to say yeah, here. Be- best meaning most intelligible. Yeah, most intelligible uh, uh, messages here. So, so why don't you play them, Wackerly? Do I need to introduce these or just play them? Oh, so we received one from uh, Ash. Who's a uh, the, he's a frequent contributor of stories, and uh, I know he writes in a lot. Well, Ash was one of the uh, first people who called the uh, sick and wrong drunk dial line. Yeah, and the point of his message is that he wanted us to give a message to his friend Kenny. But what's the point? We'll just play the the voicemail, and he can give the message, right? Yeah. So we'll, let's play the voicemail for everybody here. Hey, Dean Lance, can you tell Kenny he's gay on the next show of Sick and Wrong, please? Because he's totally gay, just like your brother, in the asshole. This is Ash, by the way, and ass to mouth, and I'm super drunk, and ass to ass, because that's what, was it Paul? Paul said, Kenny, and Kenny said Kenny in the asshole. No, Jeffy took Kenny in the asshole. Jeffy took Kenny in the asshole. 
these these Jewish brother Jeff fucked my Jewish friend Kenny and the asshole and they were both listen they were both wearing yarmulkes at the same time it was <laughs> okay, I think we could stop it yeah, right there. I think we get the gist of that. <laughs> so, but you know what the thing is, though? This is typical of all the calls we've been receiving on the sick and wrong drunk dial line. You know what's not typical, though? That's a sick and wrong fan who seems to know some girls. <laughs> yeah, did you Were hear those girls, girls in the, in the background? background? Or those just high pitched dudes' voices? I think they're all hairless, prepubescent, <laughs> high pitched dudes. If uh, you ask me, because, dude. How often do you ever graphically, when you got drunk with your friends, being like, my friend fucked you in the ass, and you fucked me in the ass, and so... Quite a bit, really. (laughs) And then call a podcast? Well, there weren't podcasts back Uh, then. I guess there weren't podcasts back then. (laughs) (laughs) I guess, you know, uh, we all kind of tend to do that when we're drunk. Faggot. We would call call the captain on WIOG radio. He would take take anybody's call. That horrible radio announcer. That's what happens when you're from a small town. I think I've accused that guy of being a homosexual like at least 30 times. Yeah. So what are we supposed to do here? Call his friend Kenny uh, a fag? Gay, a gay All Jew. All right, uh, Kenny, you're a gay Jew. Right. And uh, why don't you send an email to uh, an email picture to my brother, and uh, you know, you might get a response. Or perhaps Kenny could call the hotline next week, and we could offer get, a rebuttal. Say that Ash is gay. Two zero six 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 three eight four six. Thanks, Ash. What's the uh, second one here? Uh, the second one, uh, somebody has a problem with you. Oh, gee, that's familiar. Hey, Merry Christmas, you fucking greedy baby eating. It's a lengthy message you got there. (laughs) Direct and to the point. You know what was funny, though? We had about four calls just like that. Fuck you, you heeb. You know, Christ Killer. Christ Killer was a very popular one. We probably had four calls. That was my favorite one because you could actually understand the guy. But it makes me think that a lot of our fans are sitting here getting wasted on Christmas, listening to the show and being yeah. like, all right, I'm calling that Jewish motherfucker <laughs> up. So what, what do we just have this anti-Semitic fan base? Yeah, they have their hoods on and their crosses burning. Uh, and then the next thing you do after you get those two things ready is you call the show. All the clan members love sick and wrong. All right. And the third one here that right, we're going to play today. equal time, this guy has something to say about me. Good. It's about damn time. Hey, Lance and Wackerly. <laughs> <laughs> Lance and Wackerly. <laughs> Same dude. He caught hey, himself. Hey, uh, sick and wrong comment line. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, coming to you from Minnesota. What's going on? Hey, I was wondering, are you guys fucking pussy whipped? Because I have a feeling you guys are, because you never have some bitches on the show. You never, you know, what, we got D's sister talking about her flashing problem? Pause it there for shit. a second there, Wackerly. What the fuck's going on? Okay, so he's claiming that we never have any women on the show. And then he mentions a woman we've had on the show. Bullface lie. What about Katie talking about uh, our friend Katie was talking about her boyfriend that wanted to smell her poo? Yeah. What about the prostitute that we had a while back? True. What about my sister talking about her flatulence who's been on the show a couple times? Alexis K. Tyler. Alexis K. Tyler. Exactly. I mean, the This is what happens when you're drunk. Yeah. (laughs) I should know. Your judgment and uh, reasoning skills become Nearsighted. Seriously. (laughs) Myopic viewpoints. Okay, let's continue here. How's that? Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, Wackerly, man. It sounds like you'll do anything at a drop of a hat. If your girlfriend will ask you to, to eat her poo, you'd probably do it. Just to, just to, like, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Is this a drunk hotline for sick and wrong, or is this the normal line? It's the drunk line, apparently. <laughs> it's the drunk line, apparently. <laughs> They've made it the drunk line. We didn't designate it to be the drunk line, but that's what it has become. So the guy does have a point here. <laughs> Did I eat my girlfriend's poo? <laughs> if your girlfriend was like, eat a chunk of my poo, would you? She never has asked that. Let me point that out. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what this guy's neglecting to... Uh... I'd eat some ice cream out of her butt. Well, this guy is over... <laughs> soft serve <laughs> chocolate. chocolate ice cream. Yeah, that's different, though. In a cup. He's overlooking the fact that you didn't give your girl a Christmas gift. How pussy whipped could you really be if you're not giving your girl a Christmas gift? Once again, this is what happens when you're drunk. You get a thought in your head. It doesn't really need to be based in reality, but it's a thought you really want to have, and you just sort of negle- neglect all reasoning or facts that rationale say, rationale to the you know the uh, to reality that that doesn't line up with your your initial desired thought. I'm impressed though that he was able to articulate any ideas. <laughs> Because, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, some of the other messages that were left on our uh, less coherent on our page, than that guy. much less coherent. So yeah. I think, I don't know who that guy was because he didn't give us a name, but thanks for calling in, <laughs> sir. And uh, feel free to do it again in the future. But um, he did come up with a new term for our, our new uh, hotline. Instead of just being the sick and wrong hotline, it's now the sick and wrong drunk dial hate-filled hotline. <laughs> okay. So the sick and wrong drunk dial hotline. I'll have to update the website. Yeah, you'll have to put that up there. So the number, once again, is 206-666-3846. Give us a call. We'll definitely love to make fun of you on there and accuse your friends of being homosexuals. So uh, finally here, we got another message from uh, Greg. Uh, Greg is a Canadian, and uh, apparently we've made fun of him in the past. He says, you guys made fun of me for sending a pie chart depicting racial minorities in Canada. I vaguely remember that pie chart, but not really. (laughs) And then you made fun of me again for sharing an email address with my wife. <laughs> that I remember. I remember that. It's like, what's his name? Greg and Ashley yeah, at Hotmail.com. Like like, what about when you want to subscribe to a now, po- porn site? Now that's pussy whip. Yeah, you're, the receipt's going to come to your shared email. Yeah, but he probably has his own personal like uh, account that he okay. has all his So uh, he feels that passwords. sick and wrong correspondence validates his his couple website. No, you know or, what it sorry, is though. Email. His wife lives in the fairy tale world, thinking that they just share email correspondence. Yeah. No secrets between sailors. It's probably a read, real doll. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, then you read a story about nasty Canadian Santa letters and claim that there are no Jews in Canada. Well, I'm proving you wrong. Here's a link to a wiki page concerning Jews in Canada and their number. Fuck Christmas, no matter what your background is, Greg. Well, I agree <laughs> with you there. And you know what? He did prove me wrong. I stand corrected. Canada has the world's fourth largest Jewish population. Yeah, but since it's a wiki page, I could go there and edit it and say there's zero Jews right now. No, but there's sources. It's cited sources. According to a Canada 2001 census, there are an estimated 351,000 Jews currently living in Canada. Some famous Canadian Jews of note. You might have heard of a couple of these guys. Eugene Levy. Yeah, that's true. Getty Lee. No. Rick Moranis. Yes. Getty Lee from Rush. Um, William, I hate Rush. William Shatner. He's uh, William, Jewish? Yeah, William Shatner's Jewish. 
And he's Canadian. What about Leonard I am, Cohen? I am doubly disappointed. <laughs> what about Leonard Cohen? I don't care about him. And uh, William Whiterub? <laughs> Who's that? I don't know. A porn star? <laughs> I have no idea. White Rub? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you, Greg, for uh, sending that in and clearing that up. Apparently, there are Jews in Canada. And I think it was Eugene Levy who was writing the nasty Santa letters, if yeah. you ask me. Say, say hi to you a real doll for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, finally here, um, for the YouTube video of the week, um, was sent in from a good buddy of mine, Brian, who actually I used to work with here in San Francisco. He says, uh, hope you guys are still crushing brain cells. Fuck the holidays. BG. Brian, he sent in that video, Sex Education for Retards. You ever see that? Yeah, I have, unfortunately. <laughs> I was thinking we should we should put that on the uh, site this week because it's a great video. And it's like if, if you have a retarded child, it's a good way just to sit down at the computer and teach them about sex. <laughs> I, first of all, I didn't even know retard, retarded people could even have sex. Well, but, a uh, lot of it's uh, about discouraging your retarded child from masturbating feverishly everywhere, <laughs> everywhere in public. <laughs> So, that sucks. Very entertaining video. And uh, thank you, uh, BG, for sending that in. Uh, finally, we're almost out of here, people. It's a new month. It's a new year. Uh, head on over to Podcast Alley and give us a vote. We, do, we did really well. We almost beat the Audio Bible Podcast. But uh, the uh, Christians... Yeah, I don't know, dude. With the uh, help of Mike Fuckabee, I think their popularity <laughs> is growing. It's hard to beat They're anything. superseding us. It's hard to beat anything Christian because they have coalitions and I know, voter drives and stuff, you know? It's bullshit. Yeah. But anyway, we did quite well, and I'd like to thank everyone for voting. And make sure you go to Podcast Alley tomorrow and uh, give us another vote. Uh, until next week, we'll be back with episode 104. Take it sleazy, and Happy New Year. Good night. Backside notes in the sofa. My world, my TV, my food. Besides, listen to my belly girl. Ain't hey, Michelle's to do. Yeah, I sweat a lot. Nope, yeah, shit. Pants fall down every time I bend over. My feet itch.